This episode is brought to you by MSW Nutrition and Lounge, a partner in the Howdy Health Network. For decades, I've struggled with various gut and autoimmune issues, which have forced me to alter my life and career. Within the last year, though, after undergoing numerous blood tests, I've discovered that a majority of my health problems, they've been linked to vitamin and mineral deficiencies. Because I am now able to see what I was deficient in, I can also supplement against those deficiencies with the proper daily vitamins and minerals, as well as receive weekly IVs that are specific to my needs. This has changed the game for me. Today, not only do I feel like a completely new person, my ability to focus in life and business has increased, my athletic performance is better now than when I was a collegiate athlete, and most importantly, the relationship I have with myself, as well as the people I care about most, they are all thriving, and I'd love for you to feel the same way. So no matter where you are at in your health journey, whether it is scheduling your blood work or supplementing for your health needs, the beautiful part is the community at MSW and How Do Health, they will listen to you and help you figure out the best path for you. So go to howdoyouhealth.com and use code THRIVE15 for 15% off all products and services. What's up? My name is CJ Finley, and this is the Thrive on Life podcast. I started a brand called Thrive on Life to help other mission-based people, brands, and businesses thrive. Each week, we interview people on topics of business, health, relationships, mindset, and much more to help us thrive in all areas of life. If the messages in this podcast resonate with you, but you're still feeling a little bit stuck in actually implementing these ideas, I'd love to help you on a more personalized level or connect you with somebody that can. So please reach out. Also, if you've got a friend who you know could benefit from hearing this episode, please share the love with them. My goal is always to spread positive impact through the sharing of knowledge, and I would be honored if you could help me achieve this goal. Today's episode is with Allison Vojtovich, a stand-up comedian, podcast host, digital marketer, personal trainer, and nutrition coach who loves to help other people feel at their best, both physically and emotionally. I work closely with Allison at the MSW Lounge, and it is a blessing to be around people like her who literally can and do do it all. In this episode, we dive into how she handles all the projects, businesses, and diverse aspects she has integrated into her lifestyle, as well as tips and tricks for other people who wish to build a career around being a jack of all trades. So without further ado, let's welcome to the show, Allison Vojtovich. What is up, fam? CJ Finley here, back with another Thrive on Life podcast episode. And today, I'm bringing somebody that I'm very excited to be chatting with. I get to work closely with her in one of the businesses that I love with people that I love, Miss Allison Vojtovich. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing very well now that the pressure of <laughs> saying your last name I is felt your off. heart rate from here just like increase. I wonder what my whoop is saying right now. <laughs> so I figured we would start this conversation off a little bit differently than I normally started off only because we have a funny story about how we kind of I'm so of glad you reminded me met. of this too. Um, like honestly, you having to remind me that this is how we met is really indicative of how much I just troll everyone in my life. <laughs> like I'd hope that this story is up there because it was pretty funny for me. Um, yes. Only because like you literally did the same thing that I do to other people, but then I do the same. I guess human that's human nature. Like we kind of but, make fun of the things that we do okay. ourselves. I'll, I'll say what I wanted to say after we tell the story, because there is a good point to this. I'll tell my perspective, I guess. So I was at Whole Foods pre-COVID. So we're, me and a friend, of Melanie, she had just moved to town. And so I was like showing her stuff. And we were eating lunch outside from the hot bar at Whole Foods. And she was like already on a 10. She was like 
giggling because she literally recognized like J.P. Sears walked by at one point. Like there were like a couple happenings that happened before we noticed you guys. (laughs) (laughs) And so then it was already just goofy. But um, yeah, basically I looked over and I like see these guys like sitting down with their camera in full just YouTube influencer mode. (laughs) And I look over and I was like these guys are really shooting a vlog right now. And I just started saying things <laughs> before long. You heard me, I think, or did I interrupt? No, you? I forget. How, I don't even think like, I met you that we day. We hadn't, I knew of you. There was some weird connection. No, that you we looked, had. I think you looked, you saw you actually, I think you did walk up or something happened where you, one of my posts came across your feed. I think it was back when I, I didn't, I don't even think I had my actual personal account. I think yeah. I was just doing Thrive stuff. Um, and that's where if, you, if you're a listener and you know who Hamza is, who was one of the interns and then people that works closely with me to help push the Thrive mission forward, we were actually at a Whole Foods with one of the kids that I think he was mentoring because the, that's right, it was, I forget what you, UT yeah. does, but they bring high school students in to like see Oh, like what the college kids are working on? Yeah, like yeah. so he was there to like check out the campus and I was paying Hamza to record everything that he was doing yeah. every day because yeah. it would be valuable to him, valuable to him in the wrong one. So it wasn't even really about me. It was Hamza recording the meeting so that he could document what his summer internship, his first freshman summer internship looked like and I don't know if we, we got connected through DMs or what, how it happened Something after that. happened like to where literally you had shown up to a place that I had just been at. Like somehow I saw your handle come up on my Instagram or maybe I was already following you and then I saw your Instagram pop up and I looked at it and then I looked at you and I looked at it. I'm pretty and sure. And you're like and that guy. Dang it, now I need to introduce him. Okay, that's like, yeah, that's what happened. And then yeah. you came up to us and you were like, I was making fun of you. And then the cool thing about this story, at least for me, is I'd already knew known uh John and and Baldo. Yeah. And figuring that you were working closely with them, it was really cool because it was just like a, a universal. I'm glad thing. you said that. You just filled in the detail for me. I opened the MSW. Instagram <laughs> and your picture popped up and I was like this is literally the guy who's over here <laughs> filming like something you had posted and I was <laughs> I was so thrown off but yeah but the the thing I was gonna say before we started the story is how you were saying like you'll troll people in that same way but it's because you're also a content creator so like I was trolling you because I'm also a content creator and if I see someone out in the wild doing it I know what they're up to and then I can pick on them but it's because I do it too <laughs> the question I have for you is why didn't you put me on influencers in the wild dude that is the I, real question I've I been waiting have. to get on that page for forever I think that was, I think that was before <laughs> I knew about it but I definitely got reshared on there for a group of girls taking like sunset selfies at Zilker one time hey there's there's no shame. I do not hate the player. The game is where the shame gets. Like it's it's just something that's natural. And I think we can tr- we can kind of transfer this conversation into. So for the listeners out there, Allison does a little bit of a lot. She's very much like me, and that's where I wanted to have a conversation with her uh, to inspire other people to realize that this is a potential career and life path that you can take. Does have pros and cons, obviously, but it's nice for me to communicate and chat with somebody else that kind of understands that world. So I'm very much looking forward to this conversation. And I think an easy segue is into how did you initially get involved 
in content in the first place. Because I think this is something that if we're talking to the corporate person or the entrepreneur, it's something that's stressful for a lot of people. Whether right. you're that corporate person and you start your own thing and you're like, oh my God, I got to like be on social media now, right. not just post my beers and like my updates <laughs> with my family, yeah. but like I actually have to have some type of message. And then the entrepreneur, it's like, shit, there's so many platforms out there. Which one should I be utilizing and which right. one is actually helping and just all those questions that we're always kind of like in the back of our mind. So run yeah. us through like how you initially got involved with anything content oriented. It's going to sound so convoluted. I'll do the best to elevator pitch this. When I was in college, I was majoring in acting and kinesiology. So I was double majoring for an art and a science degree. That's awesome. Um, I've been very bad at weaning down my interests ever in my life. It's always been the thing where people are like, pick something and I pick both and I do both. <laughs> um, so anyway, I was in college for those two things. And when I was, was in college, I think my sophomore year, I just started posting healthy recipes on a blog. Like I just had an Instagram account associated with just healthy recipes and I started blogging alongside it. And kind of just naturally became one for myself. I really loved writing. I really liked Instagram because it was an easy way to share information. Instagram was how I had found a lot of my own intro to alternative health before I actually knew about a lot of the books out there and stuff. Instagram was kind of the first way I found some of these health influencers. And my Instagram kind of just naturally grew very fast for what it was at the time. I mean, this was 2014. So it was 2014 Instagram and it was like... I gained several thousand followers really without trying to gain followers. Like I just posted recipes and at the time that felt like a lot. And anyway, as I got through college, I loved both of my majors. I did both of things related to those, but I needed to do an internship as a college student before <laughs> I graduated. And that was for my science degree. So I met John Mendoza with MSW at a marketing lunch that my uncle was going to. It was like for business owners in Austin. My uncle was like, you need to start coming to this. It seems like you're probably going to end up owning a business. And it seemed like everyone awesome. knew I was going to own my own shit before I knew. Like my dad, my uncle, all these people had just kind of started influencing me to like do stuff on my own because it was pretty obvious to them that I wasn't going to be a good employee, I don't think. Um, and so anyway. Sidebar, have you ever been an employee? Yes. Okay. We'll, we'll go there later, we'll but go I there, just wanted to know. Yeah. Yeah. Kind Like basically as little employee as you could <laughs> We can talk about it. But um, yeah, so anyway, I meet John at this lunch and learn. Um, I think he's full of shit. Like he, like I had done a talk the week before him about my approach to health. And then John comes in a week later feeling like he was swinging bows, trying to like <laughs> discredit everything I had just said. Like he was all about the supplements, all about all this crazy cryotherapy bullshit and like all these different things. And so after the talk, he came up to me and was like, I liked your talk last week. And I was like, yeah, I didn't really agree with yours today, but good to listen. <laughs> like this dumb college kid telling John, who is one of the smartest people I know, like <laughs> that he doesn't know what he's talking about. And so he talked me into coming to visit the clinic, which was at the time in uh, a cryotherapy place. And he totally changed my mind on all the stuff that they were doing at MSW and initially brought me in just to do the internship for college and did more of the science-y training him to be his apprentice type thing. But 
towards the end of that, he was like, look, we really want to grow this. You're really good at Instagram for no apparent reason other than you're good at it. Like, can you do that for us? And so MSW just inadvertently hired me to do their content without me ever really having to prove that I could do it other oh, than... This is such a lesson for people. I had there. mine. So like, that's why I always tell people, if you want to make something, just go do it. Because if you're being authentic and it's useful to, to you, it's probably going to be useful to other people. And then your account counts as your portfolio. Like... <laughs> yeah. And I think... You, what year was this? They hired me... I graduated college in 2017. It's funny because, like, I grew the Thrive account to 10K. And then, yeah. like, I was like, that was boring. And let me start uh, these other accounts. Now it's, like, dropping. Like, right. it's, like... Nine, and I don't even care for follower account. It's, like, 9,800 now. Right. Because I just stopped caring about that account. I was like, oh, I want to see if I could do multiple different things at a time and right. see if I can grow them. But, but it now was you've at grown a, the How Do You Health podcast one. Like, yeah, crazy. We're yeah, getting there. But it's, like... I care more about, and this is where I love working with you and, and John and Baldo because it's always about the educational aspect. It's just like finding the person that you're actually going to get get through to. Yeah. And that's where my next question goes because a lot of people think that like, oh, I'm going to start this account and the goal is to like just grow. Right. But what he saw was more than that. And yeah. that's where anybody that's out there now that's thinking about social, like what would be some of your tips? Because you've been in it long enough where you've seen it change. Yeah. What are just some of the like things that the average person should be doing if they're thinking about getting into this side of the world where they're actually putting themselves out there and trying to not just grow a follower account, but put their message out there and find some reciprocation? Okay. So I bring up Alex Tooby because if you are an entrepreneur or someone considering going that path, listening to this podcast and content scares you, I would say content's important, but you need to have bigger picture goals set before you start putting stuff out, right? You and I were just talking about this before we got on the podcast. And what would a bigger picture goal look like? Like you have a coaching program that you want to launch. Like you need to know what that coaching program is actually about, who it's for, the stories your ideal client is probably telling themselves. Like you need to do a lot of these deeper marketing and business strategy and planning things that feel kind of dumb in the moment, but actually... It's like what we were saying before we started recording. If you build this whole course, I've seen people build beautiful courses thinking that they're going to sell all these people on this stuff just to realize after they've put all this work into the course that they never actually polled anyone in their audience if they would want this course. They didn't do any beta testing of the course, which could have actually been your first sale. Yep. Like I've done that before. I'll sell a beta test of a course at a way cheaper price than I want the full price to be. But it's invaluable because I get feedback from people and I've actually not published a course before because I needed to fix too many things. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm just going to scrap this for now. So basically just lack of market research. They're not aware of what the industry actually wants or needs. And so if your goal on Instagram is to sell stuff, you know, have a business. So you need to have some idea of like who your target audience is and what their actual needs and problems are and how you're going to solve them and then how you're going to storytell that. And then once you know all these things about your audience you can start creating valuable content for them because you can create infographics, how-tos, you can snap pictures of the ideal self, you know, like you can do all these different things that isn't just selling your product, but is all kind of selling your product, you know? I love that response because you mentioned like solving a problem and the best way that I can describe it is what content are you ingested in? And then 
think of a business that you walk into, like, why are you attracted to that business? Now you need to like merge both right. those worlds. Do you remember what they MSW was doing poorly when you first, when they were looking at, because if they're coming to you, they're obviously, they're in some type of need or lack. Not to, so not what, to, yeah. what was the lack there? The lack was we definitely had, I think we just had a lounge Instagram at the time because we didn't have the supplements when we first started. And Baldo was running it, and he was just doing what any other probably strap for time business co-owner does, is like post on it when you get the chance. Think about the post last minute. You're not strategizing time of day. You're not using any hashtags, not tagging the location. The picture isn't in focus. Like the editing's bad. Just all the different things that look like sloppy content. And it's not to say Baldo's bad at content. He creates beautiful images now, but that's also because like – We've both really learned a yeah. lot through having to do this together. But just like looking at their page when I first joined, I mean, they were trying to get followers. But like I said, if you're trying to get followers, especially if you're a brick and mortar location, if you're not tagging the location on Instagram, no one's going to find you. But everyone starts to find you if you tag the location. And so it's like little things like that where they were just asking, why can't we get over 100 followers? And I was like, well, if you literally started tagging what part of town we're in, I bet you more people would follow. And so, you know, but it's just things that like, yeah, it's, it, it again, sounds silly because it's all these little details, but they all really do add up. And especially now in 2021 with how much strategy can go into it, like hashtag optimization is a whole yeah, thing. There's a whole like, it's, rabbit hole. It's crazy. And so it's like, they were just making really silly mistakes that could have been learned by easily Googling like how to optimize an Instagram post. And the reason know? that I was, the reason I asked that I, I knew that just from their story, like building anything when you're strapped for time, like you can't be an expert in seven different areas. Right. And what they did, I recommend everyone do is like one network, both you and John were kind of networking and yeah. like getting out there to find those other people that could right. really like kind of team up. I think a lot of founders, CEO types don't do that enough and they yeah. think they can do it all. And the immediately once you start aligning the pieces where you bring in some other people that are better than you, that's when you start seeing some success. So kudos to them for doing that. And I'm very thankful that you're at the capacity where you're at now because like a lot of the things you do, I'm like, oh my God, the fact that this is already set up where it's like a great example for the audience is like we run these lunch and learns, right? right. I'll go in, snap photos. All I got to do is like airdrop them and put them in a Google Drive and I know that they're going to get used. Like right. they're going to get used in email campaigns, on social, for events, everything. And it's just awesome to see that process like come to life especially for all of you that have been in the story a lot longer than I have. But I'd love to transition into something a little bit different, which is you're not just in the marketing scene. Um, and it's funny because I'm actually going to a comedy show with Baldo tonight with my wife. And I don't know if you'll be there, but I know that you do comedy. So there. I want to know yeah. where this like whole comedy <laughs> thing, Allison does have her own podcast called Detox with it's meant to be detox. Detox, with, detox Allison, yeah. with Allison. Go check that out. We'll have that in the show notes. But I'd love to understand just this is like a personal question. Uh, how did you get into comedy? Because it's one of those things that I look at my life and I want to bring more joy to my life. And comedy is one of those things that I think not enough people really listen to or go yeah. to or, or get involved with. And it does take a, a certain type of person to get up on stage. Yeah, I will say to that note, because everyone's always says they love comedy. Where do I find more comedy? Literally just Google your town and stand up comedy. Like, I promise you, I literally found an open mic in Bozeman, Montana. There is going to be <laughs> something funny in your area. That's how you do it. 
there's a lot more opportunity than you realize. And also, look up stand-up comedy on Spotify. There's actually, like, so many albums on there if you just wanted to listen to it like it were a podcast. And then if if you're the type of person, because, again, a lot of the goals on this podcast is to motivate people to, like, take that step of something that they want to try or mm-hmm. they want to learn. And that's where you went to school for acting and kinesiology, but then you ended up marketing in a supplement and health company. Like, right. What the fuck, right? So. Yeah. Showing that there's no just direct path, you you can do a lot of things, yeah. Especially with comedy, if someone wants to try it, what does that look like? Okay, so starting a comedy, there's stand up and there's improv. If you want to do improv, that's the group stuff. Most theaters or even just local places that do any other play type thing, Fallout Theater, Hideout Theater, a couple in Austin that teach it. You can take improv level one. Anyone can sign up. It's like a six-week course or something like that. And that's, I would say, like, definitely take a course for improv if you're interested in that because it is a group activity. It's kind of hard to just go on Facebook and be like, who wants to learn improv? I feel Facebook like we friends. should do an improv night with Baldo Ooh, and Doza. I, yeah, I'm very touchy with improv. <laughs> it's got to be specific. Like, it can it can be done very well or very bad, but also so can stand-up. So it's like, which bad do you hate less, I guess? Stand-up, just look up open mics in your town. Austin has so many. If you're in the Austin area, go to comedywham.com. That's comedy, W-H-A-M.com. You can filter it for local showcases, open open mics, club shows, all that stuff for every single night of the week. They do a pretty good job of keeping up with it. But yeah, there's dozens of open mics in town in Austin. And the name is what it is. It's an open mic. Literally anyone can show up. We've had homeless people do them before. Like wherever you go, the rules are different. Sometimes it's like lottery order. So your name is picked and that's when you go up. Sometimes it's like whatever slot you sign up on, that's the order you are. But yeah, and you can do anything. It's an open mic. Like it's <laughs> there's definitely comic focused ones, but I've seen people get up on stage and just do like dumb stuff before that's not comedy. And like it's your well, mic. Well, maybe they think it's comedy, but yeah, like the it's audience your doesn't mic, interpret you know? it that way. What's up, guys? I'd like to take a second to thank you for tuning into this episode with Allison. I hope you're loving this conversation so far. But before we get back into it, I have an opportunity I want to tell you about. As we all know, life is hard. It can beat you down, have you feeling low, and make it seem like you are alone. I'm here to remind you, though, that the most worthwhile journeys, they are not meant to be taken alone. And right now, you have the ability to take action and join others, including myself, on the mission to make every heartbeat count. Head over to cjfinley.com and sign up for my daily newsletter, where I will be giving you information, impactful stories, tips and tricks, and access to a community who are focused on making an impact above and beyond themselves. You'll also have the perk of exclusive giveaways, potential shout outs, and possibly even some collaborations. The least that will happen is you will walk away into every day with an extra pep in your step. My promise is that I will always do my best to help you thrive on life. And this newsletter is one of the best ways for me to help you do so. So if you're looking to get to the next level of your life, connect with like-minded individuals and have a daily dose of info that will help you thrive, sign up for my newsletter at cjfinley.com. Now let's get back to the conversation with Allison Vojtovich. I would love to know what was your life like leading up to the first time you stepped on stage? So, I mean, I've been acting since sixth grade. so. Since before comedy, I loved acting, singing, dancing. I was in orchestra. Like I, I've done a lot of stuff that requires performance. 
And I thought I was going to just be acting. Like, I thought that was going to be the after-school special fun thing for the rest of my life. Like, I thought I was going to just be doing that. And I wasn't really sure, like, if I wanted to try and go to New York or L.A. to make it big. I just knew as long as I could be happy with what I was doing for my day job and, like, still have the flexibility and energy to act, then I'd be happy. I didn't really necessarily know if I needed to have that be my full-time job. I just wanted to do it. And then... I got cast by this company called Shitface Shakespeare to do um, Shitface Shakespeare, where we would do a Shakespeare play and we would do the whole play, but we would trim it down to an hour long. And then four hours before the show, we would start to get one of the cast members drunk. So by the time the show started, they were four hours into drinking and we had a fully sober, except for one person cast that would try to do the Shakespeare play correctly. And of course it never worked because we and had a how drunk did they person. decide on like who's drunk? Oh, it was scheduled. Like the producers had a, had it down to a science. Like we would track how much the drunk would drink. So we would know what a good ballpark or area was. We'd give them notes the next day. Like you weren't funny enough or like, Hey, like take it easy next time. Like whatever. Um, wow. So I got cast by this and I was like so terrified of going off script and this is how type A I am. I kid you not. I know Aaron and I always joke about having all these Capricorns in our team, but I swear to God, the note that I would always get is, Allison, you need to act drunker. And that was that was <laughs> when I was like a half a bottle of whiskey in for a show. Like I was drunk, drunk. And is it, so is it Capricorns that like when you get really drunk, like I feel like I'm there. I get hyper-focused, yes. It's crazy. But then know. I don't remember shit, but yeah. I'll still be there. Yeah. Like I feel like... Like, I could do backflips and do all these things. No one's ever seen me, like, taking care of me right. type of thing. But, like, I don't remember shit. Yeah. I wonder if that It's – I don't know. A, it's got yeah. – I feel like it's something because I just feel like I'm such a determinism mindset yeah, I can, half the time. Like, I can relate to that. So, yeah. So, anyway, I say all of that because, like, I was so bad at improv. Like, I hated having to act on my feet. I never wanted to take an improv class because, like, it, to me, it just wasn't appealing at all. But – I was like, I need to figure out how to loosen up on stage. If I'm drinking half a bottle of whiskey and they're telling me to act drunker, like I need to chill, you know, and I need to be okay with breaking my lines. Because I was always really strict on myself of being word perfect for any play that I was in. And so, yeah, I was like, well, I really love stand up. So I just started going to open nights and seeing how they worked. And I found out another friend of mine from college was doing it. And he was like, you have to do it. Like, it's the best thing ever. And so, yeah, I just kind of learned how they worked and I signed up for one. And, it was so terrifying. Like, I, it was the <laughs> I can't scariest. even imagine. That's why, like, I'm not afraid of many things. Like, I'll public speak. I'll yeah. do these things. But, like, getting up in front and, like, trying to make people laugh, unless it's, like, my friends and I'm doing something stupid, just seems like one of the biggest, right. scariest things. It's, it was the scariest thing I've ever done on stage. And I've done so many things. And, like, to finish answering the question, though, my life up until that point was, like, I guess I can wake up early and keep training people and, like kind of be running my own business online while also like working at this gym part time. And like, then I guess I get to go act on the weekends or whatever. And then like, as soon as I tried stand up, I was like, enough of this waking up at 5am bullshit. Like I need to be able to sleep in because I want to be out late doing this every single night. And awesome. I'm going to figure out how to have all of my work online. I was like, I don't care if I'm coaching or marketing or whatever it is. I'm not working in a brick and mortar anymore. I told John and Baldo I couldn't keep working the front desk. I was like, I'll do it as long as you need me to, but like, I need to get out of here. And it just totally shifted my priorities to like have as much schedule flexibility as possible 
so that I could get better at this thing because it was so hard. And I was like, okay, this is a thing I could actually see myself wanting to do as a career, not just like, if I get to do it, I do it. It's like, no, I need to pursue this thing. I love this part of the story because I think a lot of people that are looking to jump into something, they don't understand that it's a progression. So like you were training people, right? And this reminds me of my story. I don't like waking up early. Like, I mean, I wake up at six or seven, but it's like, I'm not rushing out the door. It's not like, it's also, it's not trainer early and it's not like I'm sitting there meditating and reading. The lights are low. I have incense. Like, I'm just like, I don't really wake up to like 830. I just get going, right? I just get out of bed. I used to train clients at 6 a.m. before I would even go to my corporate job or whatever. But that was the progression I needed to make to like get in the door of like running my own business. You were trying different things until you found that thing. Because for me, as soon as I got paid relatively the same to consult, and I was like, no one consults at six in the morning or seven in the morning or eight in the morning. No one, no client wants me to talk to them about their business, like even before 10. Right. It's always like they have their own shit that they want to get done in the morning. And usually it's like afternoon stuff. And I was like, hmm, this means like I could spend in the morning doing the stuff that I actually like to do. I could go Mm -hmm. to the gym. I could work out or I could record a podcast or I could do the things that I like to do. And the reason I'm communicating this is because a lot of people out there, they want to get to the feeling that you get at stand-up comedy the first day and it doesn't happen that way because even before that you were doing the marketing yeah where was that what i was gonna say is like it was such a weird that's why i say this gets so convoluted because it's like i graduate college and what i didn't say earlier when i was interning with the msw crew my professor that was overseeing the internship didn't trust that internship because she had never heard of those guys so i actually was doing two unpaid internships at the same time you know what's funny Huh. Where'd you go to school? UT. Yeah. Hamza, they wouldn't let him You told sign, me this. Sign I couldn't for for Thrive. They wouldn't let him because yeah. it wasn't a legitimate internship. Then we tried MSW. Yeah. And then they were like, no. So then we had to go to Prep Teardor and Fias. So <laughs> dumb. Yeah. It's literally, it's insane. So I was doing the gym that I was working at when I graduated college was where I did my other unpaid internship. Okay. So I was doing like 15 to 20 hours a week at this gym unpaid. I was in 15 hours of class, which was low for me. Typically I was in 20 a semester because of my double major. But I was in two unpaid internships plus 15 hours of class plus I was in a sorority, plus I had a job working front desk at the gym at one of the country clubs on the West side. So I was very busy (laughs) and I graduate. And so I'm like trying to do this part-time training in the morning at that one gym because they offered me a job after the internship and I needed money. Like MSW didn't have enough money to pay me to be there full time. So I was like, okay, let's figure something out. So I was doing the marketing for MSW. I would like train in the morning, go to MSW, go do whatever else. And I actually took another unpaid internship post-graduating with my undergrad at Paleo FX, which is the largest paleo conference in the world. So that's where I really got like my overall marketing chops. I was the marketing intern, just one person. I mean, this event is huge. Like, I'd say we really only had a core team of four of us. And luckily, we got a couple assistants after that. But we had four of us managing everything from the website to the Facebook ads to the social blog email list, the overall marketing strategy, PR, affiliates. How did you like, get that? All this stuff. Because I think that's another thing that people, credentialism yeah. is something that I hate. Yeah. I don't, like you're a hustler. I'm a hustler. A lot of the people we are around are hustlers and we get our opportunities just by being in the right place at the right time. But the that's way that we was. get in the right place at the right time is we have to actually 
do a lot do like stuff. you're doing. Yeah. How was that for Paleo FX? I was a super fan of Paleo FX since I found out about Paleo in 2014. And so I like was literally that annoying kid that like followed speakers <laughs> around with a backpack full of books to get as many autographs as I could. So I do I went, not see you being that person. Oh, dude. I like was <laughs> shook. I'm never that. I'm not starstruck at all. Like we talk about this a lot. I don't get starstruck. But for whatever reason, like maybe because I kind of felt like it saved my life a little bit. Yeah. Like I was really okay. badly I eating disordered that. and stuff. So I just really admired these people. But Anyway, I was a super fan of the world and the co-founder of Paleo FX after I went that first year followed my fitness Instagram and my recipe Instagram that was like gaining followers. And I was like, the co-founder of Paleo FX, uh, Keith yeah. Norris followed my Instagram. And I think he's just really good at social media too, where he looks up the location. I'm sure he was looking up people tagging Paleo FX and seeing who he should follow. And so he followed me and we just kind of like communicated back and forth a little bit on Instagram. And he found out I was a kinesiology student at UT, really into paleo. I had this website. I think he was looking to see like if I was this in an influencer that they would want to bring into the company initially, maybe just like as a host, like a panel host or something. I don't know. I think he just likes to keep tabs on who's up and coming in the space. Yeah. Right. And so a couple times throughout college, he and I would just meet up and get coffee and talk about stuff. He really is like my dad. Like I tell him he's my work dad now. Like we're very close. But even at the time, it just felt very much like a mentor relationship yeah. where here's this guy who I admire that's doing all this crazy work in a space I'm so excited about and I get to learn from him. And yeah. And so when I graduated, we got one of our coffee meetups and he asked me what I was doing and I was like... I'm training and I'm doing social for these people. And my dad told me to make my website an LLC. So now I own a company technically, but I'm not making any money in any of it. And like, da -da -da. so technically, do I have a business? So do I? Yeah. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I was like, they keep telling me I'm good at this social media stuff, but I don't know how to sell people and like all these things. And he just was basically like, look, like we're totally revamping all of the digital marketing strategy for Paleo FX. He's like, if you want to learn more about it, we just hired a strategist. Like she needs someone to help. You can do this as an internship. So I did an unpaid internship for a while until I was like, guys, I need to pay rent. Like, so I talked them up into paying me some for the rest of the internship. And then they hired me as head of PR, PR and content for two years. How many unpaid internships have you had? Three. Oof. Yeah. That is not something I have done. Yeah. But I, I think it's just the nature of it's where also I was the at. industry, like because yeah. you were in engineering. Yeah, yeah. So, it was so it's different, like, different ballpark, and it's yeah. just like, yeah, that that is no. I both mean, of it, my majors led to basically only unpaid internship that's options. Crazy it's like me. acting interns, no way are they paying the stupid actors, and then like, yeah, anything in the gym, no way. If you're not training someone, we can justify not paying you, even it's though crazy. you're required to be here. Yeah, it's crazy. So yeah, it's all convoluted. Yeah. I know. I, lo I love the story because again, a lot of it is just showcasing how you can almost do it all. It's also showing like, I'm seeing a friend of mine go through this right now and it really hurts because I want to just grab him by the shoulders and be like, dude, you don't need to know everything yeah. right now. Like calm down because he's doing something so similar to what I did to where it's like, oh, I'm doing meal prep and also training. And also I have a day job and also all these things. And it's like, yeah, do all of the things you want. But also as I look back on everything, it sounds like I was doing everything at once forever, but that's not true. Like 
I started acting when I was a kid. So by the time I got to college and I wanted to learn how to personal train and study kinesiology, I could focus on that for a few years and then get the personal training cert. Cool. Let's move on to nutrition. Cool. Let's move on to these internships. Like it sounds convoluted because it was kind of like I picked things up and then just kept them in my arms afterwards. But it's not like I started out doing all of these things all at once. It's like you pick up different pieces from different stages in your life and find the things that you like and don't like and try all the things because then you know how to niche down afterwards. But if you don't want to niche down, you also don't have to necessarily. You can find a way to do more than one thing. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing for me that I've taken from this so far is when you were talking about like when you found the comedy, you immediately were like, oh, I have to change that 530, that six. And you wouldn't know that unless you actually went to try the Santa economy, yeah. but you also wouldn't know the training unless you got the certification. So it's just like another thing. Can you shake me right now? Cause like that, that sounds like me a little bit. <laughs> it happens to me like every couple years yeah. where like, I feel like when you're in a growth phase where I'm in this phase where I definitely need to sit down and learn a little bit more to get to the next level. Right. And that's where it's like, you got to success at a certain level mm-hmm. and you have a lot that you're juggling, but then you know that you need to learn a little bit more and finding that time to like learn and what it is that you actually want to learn right. has been really tricky because in the beginning it was just like, okay, I kind of followed a similar paths. Like, okay, I have a corporate job to train people legally and get my LLC. I don't want anybody suing me. So I'm going to get my personal training license and nutrition certification. And I did that. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to train some people for six months to a year. And then you start thinking, okay, what's the next level to that? And in my life, it was like consulting and helping other coaches. And then now it's just like, okay, all that stuff worked out over a couple year span. Now it's like, oh shit, what is the next level? This is also like an entrepreneur. I feel like, and then you start picking up so much. And I'm just like, now I'm like picking up 50 different things. And I'm like, oh my God, this, I forgot how overwhelming this is. So one of the things that I wanted to ask you just coming from somebody that does this is like, when you do feel overwhelmed, like what is your process of mitigating that? Yeah. I mean, I've definitely used unhealthy coping mechanisms before. I don't, I don't even mean like substances necessarily. I was never like a drinker or anything like that. It was more like in college, I wouldn't even let myself acknowledge that I was feeling overwhelmed for so long that it would just result in like a mental breakdown every semester at some point. So that's kind of what I mean by unhealthy coping mechanisms. And like, I think my disordered eating patterns for a while were a a result of a similar thing. So I take disordered typically for me, what it means is I'm trying to control this one thing because everything else is out of control. Yeah. I mean, you know, if if, if I were to have been diagnosed, it would have probably been like orthorexia, which is like hyperfixation on controlling your food, yeah. which also typically means like very restrictive calories. So like it was just insane. It was not healthy at all. I was very obsessed. I would say now I get overwhelmed less just because I understand how I like to structure my day now, right? Like I'm similar to you. I do my self-care stuff in the morning. It might not be that I'm waking up until 10, but, uh, Hey, you know, but you're like, also, what are you out till? Like it's I'm always out, different. Every, yeah, exactly. Like I'm not out until on a two. stage. <laughs> yeah. So I am, I am consistently up until two most, most days. So that's why I sleep so late, but I get work done late, you know? So it's like, that's okay. But I would say coping mechanisms today would be like, if I feel like I'm overwhelmed, I actually prioritize sleep more because if you're exhausting yourself to the point that your work isn't even good anymore and then you're like cutting sleep to just be more exhausted and do shitty work, then you're going to just feel bad the next day too because you didn't get enough sleep. You just burned out your adrenals. Like that's just sleep is very important to me. I like really focus on sleep. 
I would say also like kind of just give myself grace on weeks that feel so overwhelming. Like I don't like to order food out most of the time, but I don't beat myself up about it if I do anymore. And it's not like I'm ordering unhealthy stuff. You know, it's me like picking up juice land or like <laughs> kava or something, but it's like, I allow myself to do it on weeks that are really insane. I love, I literally did that yesterday. Yeah. And I love that you brought that up because I don't think I've ever actually spoken about th this topic where... I've been asking myself like on days that like there's been things like with our cars this week that just came yeah. up. I didn't know that we'd be like dealing with flat tires and stuff like that. And I just asked myself like what would make my life e a little bit easier today? And it was like, okay, instead of like spending 20 minutes to like prep my food, mm -hmm. I'm just going to pick up kava on the way to the lounge. Yeah. And just like then it just takes that off my plate and I just don't even have to think about it. Yeah. And like, that's another thing. We try to do it all and we want right. to like figure it all out and – that's something, especially as entrepreneurs. That's what I was going to say, especially as entrepreneurial types, or I know just you and I personally are, I, I get a vibe that we're very similar in that aspect where it's like, okay, like I figured out all these different ways to optimize all these areas of my life. I've systematized as much as I can. But then like sometimes even with all of your systems, like there's just not enough time or it's like you forgot to set up one thing to trigger the rest of the system and now you're dealing with it or life happens. Like yeah. you said, flat tire and you just, you can't help it sometimes. And so, yeah, just giving myself more grace. And ironically, like I am the leanest I've ever been by allowing myself the good grace of being more flexible with my stress, like realizing that food does cause me stress. If I'm like over fixating on having to prep yeah. a bunch of stuff, like it actually causes me stress. And so just, yeah, like any, any area where I can find that I can consolidate time and like make things roll as easily as possible throughout the day. Like it might be a full day, but at least I can set it up. Like today's a perfect example. I totally forgot that we were going to record this podcast. Luckily I woke up earlier than normal and I saw your text and I was like, yeah, that's great. I did the same thing I was already planning on doing today. I just had to put it into a shorter amount of time. So instead of working out, I walked while I got my work done, hit my 10,000 steps while I was doing work and just consolidated like two hours of my time to get more done. But, you know, and I, I realize that's treadmill desk privilege, but, you know, there's ways that you can do things like that, you know? You've earned that. And that's where I think that's another bad habit that has to be broken for people getting into the game is like being a little bit flexible and being ready for like that calendar invite, not getting shifted right, over and yeah. just like, and that's where my communication even today is just like, I never sweat those things. Um, yeah. versus I think a lot of people that are just like, Oh, like I play in this podcast. Long story short to the audience, the calendar invite didn't pull over into hers and we plan for today. And then I text her, I'm up earlier. And today I was up earlier than normal because right. I was at Toyota fixing that tire. But then as soon as like she had told me that she wasn't planning for this, but knew about it, my immediate response is, Hey, it's, it's really no sweat. Yeah. Um, because I can always fill time with just like you filled that time with something else right. or consolidate it. You can consolidate or expand your time to fill. Like I had planned okay, I guess I'm shoot. if you were to like, nah, like let's push, I'm shooting a podcast by myself today. I'll just fill that time with right. whatever, or I'll take a lunch with somebody else. And I think when you fixate on things, whether it's food or on your schedule or on things like that, it only adds to the overwhelm. Like one of the sayings I've heard recently is like, you can't fix overdoing by doing more. <laughs> and like that's that. what we think is like entrepreneurs. Like we don't realize that if we're overwhelmed, 
going to do more things or trying to get on a whiteboard and figure more things out yeah. isn't going to help. Yeah, solve it's the like my problem. uncle saying, I cut it three times and it's still too short. Like, yeah. okay, you know. Um, but yeah, that's a that's a good way to put it because what I was also thinking is like some things that I've done lately because I definitely will still like have a cry sesh every once in a while if I need to, but I wouldn't call it a breakdown anymore. But what actually came to my mind before any of those things was I will just like block off an afternoon to not do shit. Like if I feel overwhelmed, I will like challenge myself to not do anything. I've actually been blocking off Mondays prior to even like getting to that point now. Like I'm starting to like get to where Monday afternoons are just like safeguarded time and I'm, I'm trying to be better and better about it. And one of the reasons I picked Monday is that I think a lot of other people out there are just like playing so much catch up on Mondays yes. where it allows me to do that. Monday's the day I do it too. Like I'm off by 4.30 latest. Like, yeah, that's, no. that's the day where I just like, that's mine. But I'd love to jump into one of the things that I see with people that are doing multiple things and multiple projects very well and handling it very well is people that kind of have brought skills that seem kind of polar opposites really. Mm -hmm. So you have like comedy acting and then like you got into health, wellness and and marketing, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Because I'm in marketing, I can see how obviously the acting and the comedy help. But I'd love for you to talk a little bit about how those two skills have kind of meshed together to give you your own flavor when it comes to both worlds. So like in one sentence, how does your marketing help you on stage? And then Mm -hmm. how does being on stage help some of the marketing things that you do? Being on stage helps the marketing because it makes you a better communicator. So if you know how to effectively say something on stage, that's going to just automatically translate into my area of marketing, at least, which is, I would mostly just say copywriting, but I do all the strategy stuff most of the time too. And then um, marketing helps me with comedy. I wouldn't necessarily say marketing helps me on stage, but it helps with comedy because I get people to come to my shows. I post about them. I share about them however I can. And I legitimately have people I don't know who DM me on stuff and ask when my next show is and they come out and they'll say hi after the show. Does marketing help you with like customer feedback at all? Like when you're on stage, because like something I think about, Mm. like if I'm on stage is like learning the reactions of people during like different jokes or like what you wear, like the vibe you're in, like that kind of reminds me of like an Instagram post or like a social media post where you're trying to gauge like, did this hit, did this not hit? That is a good point. I mean, I would say... It it is a marketing trick to do like build your customer avatar like we talked about earlier. You can get so specific with it. This is Sarah. She's 42. She's got three kids, whatever, and like do that. So I would say marketing helps on stage with knowing how people think of me when I first get on stage because I know what I look like. And if you're a comedian who acts like you don't know what you look like, that's when you get into trouble because the audience is going to let you know. Like if, if you... Describe this. Like go a little deeper into this. Comedy audiences are the only ones that come in with expectations of you. Like, they're the only ones ready to judge you. Like, every other audience is pretty supportive. So if you get on stage, there's a guy named Matthew Bersard who's a perfect example. Gorgeous dude. Very funny, but he's super handsome. And um, when he first started comedy, he bombed for a year straight, even though his joke writing was very good when he first started. And finally, someone who was a working comedian saw his set and was like, dude, you're really funny. Do you know why you're bombing? And he goes, no. And the famous comedian was like, you're not addressing how you look. And the audience wants to hate you for it. 
And so he wrote, <laughs> he wrote five minutes of like, I know I look like a Greek God, but da, 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 da. And then like the, it won the audience over. Yeah, Cause they're like, okay, trust. he's not a douchebag. Yeah, like they just trust. assumed he was a douchebag. Cause he was like this handsome guy getting on stage to do comedy. And so they got, oh, screw this guy. He's already hot. He doesn't need to be funny too. And so like, <laughs> and that, and that applies to anyone. If you look weird and you don't address what's weird about your face, like yeah. a heckler is going to be like, what's your, what's on your face, dude. You know, like. Someone's gonna <laughs> let you know, so it's, it's better to just address it up front. And that was something I talked with my friend Jen for a and long I time. I feel like about. this plays into marketing too. Yeah. I oh, feel yeah, like this, like sure. if you are putting on a facade, like it might get you followers in the beginning, but like your long term payout over your life is gonna be, I don't think, as great as if you're just like, yeah, this is who I am. This is what I do. This is why I do it. Like type of mentality. These are the struggles yeah. I have. Like rather than like, yeah, life is a hundred percent positive. You show up like that on. On social media, I don't feel like it hits as home as where it's like, this is really who I am. For sure. Like some days I look like this. And even like on here, like some days I'm wearing my glasses or a hat, other yeah. days I'm not. And just like addressing that, I could see. I don't know. What does it feel like to have a heckle, to like get heckled? Luckily, I don't think, I really don't think people heckle women as much as they heckle okay. men, but I did have a pretty bad one one time. It feels great when you win. <laughs> what does winning look like? Well, so. Like you like yelling back I at them? I said something like back and the thing I said back killed, like, like it made the audience laugh harder. Okay. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty rare. Like I basically have this joke where a guy hit on me by saying his name was Kyle, like the town. Like that was his pickup line. I'm Kyle like the town, which for those listening, Kyle is a suburb town just south of Austin. And I've got all these jokes about why Kyle the town sucks and you don't want to identify yourself as Kyle the town. And there's this guy in the audience who just kept going, nope, nope, nope. Like after every single one that I would say, and I like the audience, was, the audience was laughing. So I wasn't addressing him because like no one really heard him besides me. And so I was like, okay, I'm not going to say anything if this is as bad as it gets. So I like do this whole joke and at the end of the joke, I say something about like, can you imagine if his parents gave him a real name like Dallas, like the confidence this guy would have had, he would, fu- he would have fucked me right in the store. And I said that line and the guy who had been saying no earlier just goes, you would have liked it. And I didn't hear him because the audience was laughing. And so I made him say it again and we all heard him and the audience just goes, boo. And before like, I just like the first thing I thought of was like, well, now we know why everyone else's rape jokes tonight were working. Like everyone and the rest of the show had just been telling all these really crude jokes and they were working so well. And luckily the audience laughed. But I mean, it's, it's terrifying. Like when I heard him saying no, the reason I say all that is like when I heard him saying no, I felt the nerves coming up of like, I better not have to deal with this guy. Like, I really don't want to have to address this person, you know, because you can tell they don't like you. And so it's like, that's why I ignored him the first three times was I was like, okay, it's not really interrupting the rest of the audience. And so all of the things are related, right? It's like, how do you do that if customers giving you negative feedback? Like, because that's kind of what it is. And it's like, where do you draw the line of, okay, like, Right now he's just hurting me, but then the last time he said something, he hurt the rest of the show for the audience. So like I had to correct it. And it makes you just learn a lot about human behavior because people really do act their worst at shows. And so you're really not that phased by like someone being mean to you on the phone over a product after that. (laughs) I can take a lot and it like takes a lot for me to get like fired up and like lash out. But 
I don't know how I would handle that because like that, that's like next level pressure and like to focus on your customer, like the, the whole crowd is your customer. And, right. Like, but technically that guy is also your customer. So you're just like, yeah. and you're like trying to remember what you're going to oh, say and hilarious. all, everything is on you. Like what sucks and is also hilarious about a situation like that is he seemed like he was pissed as hell that I would not stop talking crap about his beloved Kyle, Texas. But as soon as I said something actually snappy back, I said like, oh, I guess we see why the rape jokes are working so well tonight. And the whole rest of the audience laughed. He smiled and he cheers his beer at me and he sat back and shut up for the rest of the show. And so it's like half the time you feel like this person hates my guts, da, da, da. When in reality, nine times out of 10, that person is just trying to get your attention because they want to like contribute to the show or something. And so yeah, it's They have like, some agenda that you don't even see. Yeah, they think they're helping you by heckling you. And so it's like it, to think about like negative customer feedback in that instance too, it's like- Maybe I mean yeah. Maybe people people de- yeah people definitely get angry for no reason. But it's also like well why like why did they feel that it was their right to just totally ruin someone's day for a minor inconvenience to them? You know like just makes you learn about how the brain works a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, I love that self reflection and coming to that conclusion again. Like power to you. That's next level, and uh, <laughs> it's something that I like chasing fears and like some of those things. And one of the things that is on my lifetime to do is to do something like that. I'm not there yet. Um, <laughs> I think there was like, I saw something on, on TV before where they like make celebrities go and like do stand up oh, comedy try it. Yeah, like, yeah, stuff yeah. like that. And that's when I was just like, man, that's like, I'll jump out of a plane before I do that. Um, <laughs> but we will get there. I will try it. Yeah. Unfortunately, we got to get close to wrapping up because I know you have another podcast that you will be hosting yeah. coming up shortly. So I don't want to make you late for that. So the last kind of like little section, the final things that we always roll into. Before we get into that, I'd love if you just take a minute here to kind of describe what is the next step of your life and where you're trying to go. Because one of the things that I like to do is maybe somebody out there can help you get there or somebody can connect with you and you can help each other. What is really like your mission and where are you trying to go next five years, 10 years, 20 years? If you just want to keep it short and haven't thought about it, that's cool too. But. Yeah. No, I I think big picture a lot. I just don't vocalize it very much. Long term, I think probably looks similar to yours actually. I love my marketing clients. So like just especially MSW though, it's a different – that's not just a client. That's our yeah, that's team. Different. So it's like – I would love to just continue rocking it in MSW and like really have a bunch of just automation set up in place, like make it just a really like awesome wellness giving machine that I know it can be. So long term, like that thing is killing it. We're helping all these people. I would love to be a professional podcaster as well. I have my own Detox with Allison right now. That's fairly new and I'm actually co-hosting another one that just dropped today. Um, I haven't haven't even really told many people about it. It's called What's Poppin' Austin. That's with the founder of Big Laugh Comedy, Brandon Lewin. And he and I are basically doing the events podcast for the city of Austin. So we have some possible pretty big local partners that promote local events already. Just need to finalize that before we can announce any official partnerships. But yeah, I think that one could really take off and create some cool opportunities. So that, and then obviously doing more stand-up. Three-headed monster right there. Three-headed monster. So yeah, I mean, I guess in the short term, CJ and I are going to be cranking away. (laughs) We're going to be cranking away at getting some MSW goals hit. It all feeds into it because like I would just, I'm I'm on the same path. I would just replace like the comedy with athlete, like athletics. Like I'm getting more involved with 
tuning back into becoming an athlete uh, myself and then also like hosting athletic events um, and training for those type of events. So that's where they all intertwine. So like the health and MSW, like the better I become as an athlete, the more I can market MSW, the better MSW does, the more I can market myself as an athlete. And then the podcasting just intertwines because the more badass people you get connected with in the health and wellness space or the athletic space or the comedic space, you get to have better conversations. You get to learn more. And that's where today I hope y'all took something from this because I definitely did and, and learning a little bit more about how do you even become a comedian and how do your yeah. worlds mix and yeah. just like following your gut and your passion? Yeah. One, one last thing I didn't mean to cut you off. I just wanted to add, cause you were mentioning like, the connections and community, like as much as I pretend like I'm antisocial or I don't want to come to things a lot, which I do need to like guard how often I go out, but I really like would not have been able to do what I do right now if it wasn't for incredible mentors, awesome community and like putting myself out there, but also having people who already knew me encourage me to put myself out there more. And so like if anyone listening is like in the middle of trying to start a business or figure out how to jump into a new passion area, like just go meet people doing that thing. Like go to events that are around that thing and just meet some cool people. Cause like it really is a rising tide raises all ships. Like I would not be able to be doing what I'm doing if it wasn't for the awesome support and community that I have. And I really believe that in all the areas. Mic drop. You just said a quote that I typically say at the end. And you just answered like the next question, which oh. is like, who can connect with you and where can they connect with you at? Yeah. Where, what's the best um, place? You heard all the things I like to talk about on this podcast. I also like to hunt and fish and be a general Texan. So um, <laughs> yeah, I'm really down to talk about anything. I love learning new stuff. My Instagram is at Aliwo, A-L-L-I-W-O. That's also my website, Aliwo.com. And then I have my podcast, Detox with Allison, which is spelled D-E-T-A-L-K-S with Allison. We shoot it over Love at it. MSW. I get comedians to take vitamin IVs and then we talk about funny stuff. So, oh yeah. Yeah. It's a Check good time. it out. Thank you again for spending so much time with me. I know yeah. it's very valuable. Last question we always ask everybody is, what does thriving mean to you? If you had to define it, everybody has a different definition. Hmm. Thriving for me is I would say looking and feeling your best while surrounded by those you love and enjoying a life that you created. I love that. Short and sweet, but powerful. Yeah. Thank you again. At the end of every episode, I talk a little bit about what was my biggest takeaway. And this one's pretty easy for me today because you just solved a problem that I've been dealing with. And that's like the direction of uh, the foreseeable future for myself. You definitely helped when you said everything comes and goes in like different kind of sections of your life. Mm -hmm. And I think the more successful you get, and I mean, I don't mean success monetarily. I don't mean it career wise. I mean, just like the more abundant your life becomes, like I'm very blessed to have a, a lot of abundant people around me like yourself. The options grow, but your time doesn't. Like you only have so much time and really just understanding that I can block off a year, two years, three years to like, a couple pieces that I want to do and then realizing that I will have time after that to like focus on those others is really enlightening. And I just got to figure out what that looks like. So I appreciate that advice and I hope someone else took something from that. But again, if there's one way that you can help me and get Allison's voice out there, it's go to Apple Podcasts, rate and review. That would be very much appreciated. Connect with Allison on Instagram at Aliwo or go to her website at Aliwo and then go listen to Detox with 
what is it? Detox with Allison. Detox with yep. Allison. <laughs> I wanted to make sure it was that and not like something else. So yeah, go do all that. I love you. This is CJ Finley with the Thrive On Life podcast. Thrive on y'all. What's up, y'all? This is CJ again. And on behalf of the small team here at Thrive On Life, I'd like to thank you for listening to one of our episodes. Our mission in life is to help people like you fuel your passion and make every heartbeat count. And we realize the best way to do this is together as a team. So we'd love for you to join in on this mission and connect with like-minded individuals within our Thrive On Life community. To do so, please head to thriveonlife.com and connect with us there. We'd love to chat with you. Before I sign off, I'd like you to always remember one thing. When we strive together, we thrive together. So please do your part in helping others thrive on life.